Welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void. Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 258. And today we're going to be doing Candyman from 1992 and Candyman from 2021. That's right. And uh, of course, we're going to contrast and talk about what we think of each of the movies. We'll have our spoiler free reviews first, which if at any time you want to go down below and check out our spoiler section or non-spoiler section, we have it all down there in the notes so you can skip around when you like and or just go to the end and see what we're going to talk about next week, which we have no clue what we're going to be doing next week per usual. (laughs) I don't, I don't like. To, I guess we're not that organized. I don't know. I think our brains are just f- working so much that we just don't have time to think anymore. But by by the way, some good news for Terry. By the way, Terry was, if you don't remember, was our winner of Voidtober, and uh, we never did hear back from Terry. We gave him a bunch of shit. <laughs> Uh, well, I had hit up somebody else for last week, and uh, they didn't respond either. But the day after I responded to that new person, Terry wrote back and said, hey, I hope it's okay. I have not written him back yet because I didn't know whether or not we should just give it to him or somebody else. What do you think, Christina? We should just give it to him. Okay, you think? Yeah. I mean, it was so close. Yeah. Like, you know. And I the think other person didn't respond back. So At all. So, yeah. He's if they- the winner. Congratulations. <laughs> I know that doesn't make a lot of you happy, but we want to be fair. And I just want to be clear from here on out. That will never happen again. <laughs> if we do not hear back from you within that time frame, it's Void. going to the next person. If if that person never responds, it goes to the next person. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I keep a note for each person if they have or have not responded back so that I can keep track of it. Which, by the way, this Friday, we're closing up the merch shop. So if you wanted to help out the podcast, we really don't like to do these things that much, including like Patreon and stuff like that. We like doing the merch way because it's like, well, if you can help out, you can help out getting something for yourself like that. Whereas Patreon, it's like, I don't have the time to do Patreon because right. it's just too much. But this way, you can actually go to the merch store, pick out something that you like. We're going to be closing down the store the, this Friday. So we're not sure how we're going to bring it back, if we're going to keep it up and just have a couple of shirts up there in case somebody is interested. So I figured like, if we just do one item per every two weeks or every month or something like that, then it gives you guys an opportunity to do it. You know when to expect it, when it's not going to be there. And and usually, when it, last time we did t-shirts was what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Was it two years ago? Yeah. So... Yeah. If you are interested in getting something with the two new designs, which I think this is the best fucking merch that we've ever had, including my band, by the way. (laughs) It is better. It's better than my own fucking band. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so if you guys are interested and you want to help out the podcast, pick something up. We really appreciate your support. But yeah, 
So, Christina, how are you doing today? What's going on? I'm good. How are you? I'm terrible. You're very excited to do this episode. I'm excited to talk about these two movies, but I'm sure I'm going to get blowback or something from it because it's just one of these movies that, you know, I don't know, it splits people for some reason, you know? Like, oh, I didn't know that. It, it, I think some people feel like if you like it or dislike it, there means that there's some sort of political leanings. And, and I can see that to from some degree. From the 90s? That's dumb. Well, not the 90s one, obviously. The one from the new one. Because, you know, a lot oh, of people... Oh, that's dumb, too. But you know what I'm saying. like Because everything I, has to be politics. Personally, now. I don't give a fuck, so I'm going to do it anyway. But I just, I'm just saying, like, if you guys can't handle a little bit of commentary about stuff that is happening, then, hey, man, maybe this isn't the place for you. Because that's what we like to do. We like to talk about shit. Shit, we did a Lovecraft Country, and that was like, man, we got, remember, remember we got written by that group of people? Oh, yeah. And they were like, you know, blah, I forget what they said. And then we ended up like really getting along, and they were like, I really appreciate that you actually are talking about it. Yeah. And you aren't afraid to do it, and da 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 da. And we, like, they were really nice. Right. And like, I listened to their discourse and everything like that, and they wrote back. It was really cool. Uh huh. So, but. Um, but anyway, yeah, we've been watching a lot of stuff for, you know, catching up, which is nice. You know, we watched last week's episode for the movies that we hadn't seen. This week, I, I'm much happier than last week. Yeah. Like, this feels like a good week to have watched some catch-up movies. Yeah. Like, because I feel like these are good ones. And I don't want to say, like, 100% how good, but let's just say it's better than last week. It's better than last week. <laughs> so I got a fuck ton more to watch, man. It's like, this year has been so chock full of indies and so many movies like that it's just like i don't know if they're gonna be worth watching or not but i gotta fucking do it dude and we'll be having on dawn of the discs hopefully he's still down for that I, he said a definite uh-huh. so but i just need to remind him just in case you yeah. know so be on the lookout for our top films of horror in 2021 on january like the second week of january or whatever that is wherever that falls right So we'll have him on, and Christina's going to take a backseat on that one. She might tell us and share some of her favorites anyway in the next week. Yeah, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) She just didn't get a chance this year like she did last year. Yeah, and I haven't really seen anything that's, you know, worth it to me. There's been a lot. There's been a lot that I haven't even been able to go see. We haven't been able to see in a theater. I hope we get to catch some of these movies before the year end Right on VOD. Like, I know that a lot of you guys like to go to the theater, and I do too, but it has become, yeah, we, we, it is a little bit more convenient to be able to just be at home uh, and not have to feel like you're being, you know, wearing a fucking mask at a fucking theater the whole fucking time. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, if I had the choice, I would rather just be at home without a mask. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want to go to the place without a mask. You know what I mean? So, um, but anyway, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! So, Christina came up with some uh, shots. She definitely picked one of the ingredients first. Yeah, the honey. She said honey, know, yeah. We had to do, yeah. Bees the, and fucking yeah, candy you man. you have to do a honey whiskey. It's got to be sweet, at least. So we, we looked it up, and we were, like, looking for different names and stuff like that. We, we were like, okay, let's try to make this a little bit more legit. And I was like, hmm, what's a red hook? Is there anything with a hook in alcohol? And I saw red hook. And it was, like, all these ingredients I don't even have, like vermouth and fucking some other dumb yeah, shit. Yeah, we should have vermouth. I don't know Yeah, but there, there was another ingredient that was, like, some French shit that I had 
no idea what the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh. And then we found another like website that was doing a Candyman theme shot called a Road Hook with the exact same ingredients. Like these, they took it from the actual drink. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And we don't, we don't. We don't do that around here, guys. We make our own goddamn drinks, all right? And and whether they're good or not, we take ownership over them, okay? <laughs> so we decided to kind of tweak a recipe and put our own individual thing in it. So we took Tennessee honey, which is the Jack Daniels honey version, and we poured into a big glass. So what you're going to do is you're going to mix this in a big glass first and pour it out into shots afterwards, okay? So you put two shots of the Tennessee honey in there, and then you take one fourth of a shot so a fourth of an ounce in of uh amaretto liqueur and one fourth of grenadine you mix it in uh you can do it cold or not i don't think this one really matters that much because it's super sweet uh but you can mix it together you pour it out and christina thought it would be a good idea to rim the glasses with honey a good idea. I mean, it is, but it's not as messy free as you could uh, imagine. Maybe it might be better if you rim just a little bit of honey around the tip and then do sugar on top oh, so that it keeps it in place. Encapsulated. Yeah. I think I got it where there's no sticky, actually. We're drinking it now. She already slammed it. It's disgusting. Oh. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's actually pretty good. Oh, we didn't even say what the name of the fucking shot was. Oh, what's the name of the what's the name of the shot? So instead of calling it a red hook, we're calling it a sweet hook. No, it's his sweet hook because he's got honey on the hook. <laughs> he's got honey on the hook. <laughs> anyway, so if you would like to try a sweet hook, all you gotta do, based on the movie Candyman, the first one, by the way. All you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com, check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. Okay, guys, so now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of Candyman from 1992 versus, <laughs> or V. Candyman 2021. All right, we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Christina did the first one, the original one. Uh, what do you want to you want to talk about that? Sure, I'll okay. go ahead. <laughs> You're staring at me like the Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching a monster's myth. Oh, tagline: We dare you to say his name five times, five fucking times. Yeah, <laughs> like Bloody Mary. No, Bloody Mary's three times. Is it three? I thought yep. it was five. No, I, don't know. I thought it was three. Well, five just feels like, hey, you didn't, you don't, you know, you don't make an accident because I guarantee you're, you're around mirrors when you say Candyman uh-huh. at some point, or there's a reflection off of something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know. All right, directed and the screenplay was written uh, by Bernard Rose, who started out directing music videos like Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Relax. Don't, don't do, do it. it. And UB40's Red Red Wine. Red Red Wine. Okay, I won't do it for all of them. <laughs> um, he also did Paper House. For oh, Ma- that's that freaky fucking movie about the kids drawing and the dad and the fucking lighthouse and shit. I've never seen it. Ooh, that's a creepy one. You might like that one. Oh, but I have seen Immortal Beloved from 1994. That's the one about Beethoven. Yeah. 
and then he also did Frankenstein from 2015. Okay. 2015? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. That couldn't have been a big one. No, it was like an independent one. You could tell because it had all the little little, uh, film festivals things on the the poster. Um, Okay. This was based on The Forbidden by Clive Barker. Ooh, The Forbidden. Uh, who, you know, Clive Barker, he, you know, he did Hellraiser and Nightbreed and the Midnight Meat Train. Well, all the books you know? and stories and everything. Weave World. The, the good stuff. I love Weave World. I wish they would make that into a movie. I feel like that could be a really good TV show. Like Weeds? Weed World? Is no, that what it's... Said? I don't know what the fuck... He's not a fucking... A 14-year-old pot smoker. <laughs> hey, man, check out Weed World! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Weave World. Oh, Weave. Yeah, it's about the said like, weed. From my memory, and I don't remember everything about it, it was about this like guy who goes into this abandoned house and he finds a fucking rug on the ground and he, he climbs up something to get a book and he falls backwards onto the rug and then goes into another world. And there's all kinds of creatures and crazy shit. I remember these like these weird creatures, like these old ladies with like titty milk coming out or something like that i remember it, it's it was gross. it was it was like a, it was like monsters fables and you know it was interesting though weave world i, I had there was even a comic book like uh like i don't know if you ever read graphic the, novel yeah it was a graphic novel that had three uh three books in it and i own them all actually you should read it oh, okay and uh there's also one for the jihad which is hellraiser versus nightbreed anyway sorry fandom i'm sorry you just had a little nerd hey clyde barker is one of my favorite writers yeah i know yeah uh he goes there you know what i mean like he does not right hold back yeah like stephen king does too sometimes but fuck not as yeah clyde barker is gooey ooey and like talking about semen running down people's legs stop we don't need to hear that here (laughs) jesus all right starring virginia madsen who plays helen she was in the prophecy better watch out the haunting in connecticut the Haunting from 1999. Jeez, stop it's, haunting. Sorry, it's called The Haunting, you know. Yeah, with, what's okay. her name? That girl that you like. I don't know. Isn't it that one that you like? The one that was in Conjuring, the first Conjuring? Isn't she in it? Oh, yeah, I think she is. Oh, yeah, she is. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. Sorry. I forget her name now. Because they made fun of it in Lily one of the scary movies. Tomlinson? Tom- Lily no. Tomlinson. Something like that, yeah. I forget her name. Anyway, uh, she was also in the Swamp Thing show on the CW. Okay. Virginia Madsen, by the yeah. way. Did, is that not what I said? No, I was just clarifying because I took it off the track. So. Oh, okay. Also starring Tony Todd, who, you know, he plays Candyman. Everybody knows. He started out in Platoon. Mm-hmm. He was in Night of the Living Dead from 1990. Yes, that fa- my, one of my favorite yes. scenes of his yeah. in that movie is, God damn you! <laughs> but he stabs that one in the head on the lawn. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I also forgot he was in The Crow. Mm. Uh, he was in Wishmaster, Final Destinations, a bunch of them. Uh, Hatchet, Hatchet, he was the fucking the voodoo guy. Right, yeah. he was also in the 24 series. He's been in everything. Yeah, everything. I think he's been a little too much, but hey, man, the guy's right. awesome. Yeah, he He's is. a really cool guy, too. Cassie Lemons plays Bernadette. She was in Silence of the Lambs and As the World Turns. Wow. Alexander Berkeley plays Trevor, you know, the husband. He was in Terminator 2. He was Greg in The Walking Dead. He was in Kick-Ass, and he was, he was also in 24 as George Mason. Hmm, there's some uh, Walking Dead fame in the other movie, too. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. look at this. Uh, Vanessa Williams, not that one. <laughs> uh, she plays Anna Marie, the baby's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on Days of Our Lives and Melrose Place. 
And she's also starred in Soul Food and New Jack City. Dude, I haven't seen New Jack City in forever. Right. I gotta watch That's that again. One. That's an old one now. We have it. I think we own it. Yeah, we own it now. Yeah, because that guy had yeah, all those movies. Yeah, we bought the collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we bought some of his collection. Um, uh, the budget on this movie was $6 million. Okay. It's a pretty tight budget. But uh, what do you think, Alex? Well, I'm so glad that you asked, Christina. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Well, this is honestly a classic horror movie. Um, if you can say that about 90s films, I, I personally just think it's a classic film from the 90s era. And it is one that at the tail end of all the like slasher genre came this newer, kind of smarter and charming killer to the screen, which was like kind of different than what we had gotten. You know, most of the killers that we saw were pretty dumb, you know, and I think it was like 90s and 2000s when we started getting all these guys that were like real smart killers, you know, like Saul and shit like that, oh, you yeah. know, um, this is one, of course, like, you know, I'm a big fan of Clive Barker. And I remember when I went to the theater to go see this, I had not read the books of blood yet, which is the forbidden is in that book, in that actual collection. But I had read like splatterpunk novels and like all these other movies like that he'd been a part of and stuff like that. And I was just a big fan. So I was really excited in the theater between his work that had, for the most part, pretty much laid out the entire story of this movie, pretty much. Just a little, just slightly different. And Bernard Rose adapting it into a screenplay with his own additions. It really made for a really great movie. And it was one of the first movies that, the, one of the last films that actually ever really truly scared me. I remember. Because while the mirror thing isn't necessarily new in this movie when it came out, the way they did it was just so much better than anything before it. Like, I don't know if they'd ever done a lot of movies like that. I know Mirrors. Remember Mirrors, the movie? No. With Kiefer Sutherland in it, where he's like a security night guard or whatever. That one was pretty cool, too. But this just kind of, when I was younger, you know, just kind of made an impact on me. And, you know, I'd watched it multiple times since then. And everybody wanted to see the sequels because we all wanted a better, another fucking Candyman movie. And those movies, honestly, in my opinion, have failed very much so. There are people out there that like them, and I don't know who you are, but get the fuck out of... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I just, I'm not a fan of them. Maybe I need to rewatch them. Maybe something's changed. But after watches over the years, I realized kind of the subtext, you know, um, about the the inner cities and you know why they were writing about this kind of story and why it was so prevalent for the time when Clyde Barker was writing about this kind of thing. And we all knew that there was this sort of, you know, racial subtext to the movie, but it wasn't, you know, surprisingly, there was a lot of people that used to get upset about this movie back in the day when it aired. When Seriously? it first came. Yeah. And I'll talk about that more in the trivia, but I always thought it was kind of a lighter, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious, but it's not like hitting you over the head kind of uh -huh. thing about it. Um, Candyman, you know, the character is a person of color, which is kind of new being the antagonist and, you know, and his story about him being a painter in the 1890s in the movie. He basically was looked at as sought after for his painting skills, but nothing else. And so this rich white man had him do a virginal painting of his daughter and she fell in love with him and they fell in love and had a got pregnant. And when they found this out, her father said, go out and kill him and did some pretty heinous things, which you can, if you haven't seen the movie, you'll figure out. I won't get too specific, but they didn't love or respect him as a human being to be with a white woman. That was the forbidden thing to do is for a white woman to be with a black woman. 
or black man, excuse me, in that time. So then they bring the for you know the story forward into the apartments of Cabrini Green in 1990s, the projects, and you can see that his death has sort of stained the community over all of these decades. You know, hundred over a hundred years. Well, it's about 100 years, exactly, right? Yeah. (laughs) But just the mere mention of him is enough to stir the smell of blood in the air. And this is all, like, very representative of how people of color over the decades were forced out into these sort of places where people just, like, go there, it's cheaper, we don't want you around. You know, they were just, like, kind of rot. And there's, like... Stuff I've read now, like, this is crazy compared to what I learned when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So I was a little ignorant to this stuff back then. Right. But as I've watched over the years, I've kind of... oh, fuck, that happened. Right. And it's... And I think it's just become more apparent, you know? Right. Because you realize once you not learn these things, you're like, wait, why didn't I learn that? That's so weird. Um, But yeah, he essentially... And I always felt like, oh, is this... Why is this guy, like, killing his own people for something that these white people did? I never really understood it. And... Then it kind of made clicked with me, like, you know, during this movie and, of course, you know, rewatching it over the years, it just all kind of came to a head here. So while the other slashers out there, which I also love, by the way, this brought something completely new to the table. And it was, you know, something really creepy. It was bloody. It was really brutal. I mean, there was a lot of blood in this movie, especially for the 90s. But they weren't like over the top or anything. No, but it was just really bloody. Right. Just like seeing the, there's a scene with the fucking lady where she's freaking out. Uh-huh. I don't want to say what it is, but you know Sorry. what I'm talking about. But just, you know, how Helen, the reporter, investigates this whole story and how she's used as a pawn and a martyr at the same time while people die around her. It's like, it feels like Candyman doesn't have any reason but to just, you know, kill people. And you, you on a first glance, you might think that because we're so used to slashers, you know, Jason kills everybody because he was drowned as a poor little boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but this is more nuanced than that, which is kind of smarter in some ways. And it's, you know, it's all shot and shrouded in mystery and an elegant little piano song that is like the perfect score to top it off. All of it. Like, I love it. Like, the score is amazing. And it's one of those ones that you would find in like Phantasm or, you know, The Exorcist or something like that. It like gets the proper score this time and it fits it like, holy fuck, does it fit it? Which, you know, obviously Tony Todd, who plays the part, is really just a big part of the film. His voice, his bloody ass hook and hand, the dirty long coat with the large dirty fluff around his neck. You get bees all over the motherfucker. (laughs) And it's just like his voice alone is so haunting and it's so memorable in these movies. It's just creepy. Like th- saying things like sweets for the sweet, which is a Hamlet reference, by the way. Oh, is that? Yeah. <laughs> or what they are. Or what does he say? Be my victim. Be immortal. It's like a mix between like Pinhead from Hellraiser and like a love sonnet from Hamlet. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like kind of creepy that way, like a Hannibal lecter kind of feel to it. It's, like I said, well shot, feels like a fable being told to you as the movie progresses. And it's it's still modern. Even the 90s version to me, is it feels uh-huh. very modern because we ain't in the woods. We're not like at home playing Uno in the suburbs. We're in the heart of the city. Right. Which you don't really get to see. Yeah. You know, much. right? Like even Jason got to the city and I don't know. This does a good job of that. I think it's the whole Cabrini Green thing because that building. And man, is there some interesting trivia on that? Oh, great. 
I'd say this movie is definitely one of my favorites, and I'm so glad I got to rewatch it again because I know that I spend a lot of my time trying to find these like very rare and unique films that sometimes I forget the classics because I'm so busy doing that, that sometimes coming back and watching these again is like a nice treat, you know, for the sweets. <laughs> Just kidding. But I honestly, I think this is a classic film. If it's not an 8.5, it's an eight, a 9 out of 10. Honestly, oh, wow. it came out the gate swinging for its time. It was one of the last films that ever scared me. And during a time when slashers were dying off and were kind of nonsensical, it had a message and it still cast its shadow over today and our past. And I think that means something. It's just too bad that the sequels didn't actually do it any justice. And it kind of fell to the wayside for a lot of people. But we do have the new one we're going to talk about next. And um uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd say watch it for sure. If you've never seen it, never given it a chance, please do. Especially if you're young, watch this before you watch the new one. Because you can't see the sequel without understanding the first yeah, one anyway. You gotta, yeah, I'm I mean, gonna, you could, but... I'm glad. I'm glad. We almost watched this new one without re-watching the, the, the first one. And I'm really glad we, we held off and More times than, than, than not, right? Yeah, and I'm really glad we kind of watched them back to back, too, which was kind of nice. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. Because yeah, cause we were going to watch it because my nephew really wanted to see it. Mm. But we were like, whoa. Like, we got to make sure, you know, we got to make sure if we have to see the first one. Yeah. But anyway, I think, you, like you said, this is just a classic. I haven't seen this in forever, and it just reminded me this really is. It's just, really different. Yeah, it, especially for that time. And I remember seeing it as a kid, too, because this came out probably when I was about in middle school, because I remember people talking about it, too. Um, but I really like the chemistry between Helen and Candyman in this. I like how it's it's a she's going crazy movie. Really, it's really a possession movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? well, well, Candyman in general, I think is yeah. is a possession movie. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah. And I I just really I always like that that kind of aspect. Um, the death scenes were like okay, I guess they were bloody, but they didn't really show right it, it happening. And I think that's why I get I get kind of held There's back really, a little bit. Yeah, I, there really isn't that much in here but it when it does it it does it in such a way that it's it creative seems really impactful yeah yeah they allude to it well enough that yeah you can picture it or whatever and yes i love that organ music i it reminded me of like dracula from like the silent films you know sure. and I, I love that they brought that element into this because it does it it just makes it just brings in that folklore like about him now i gotta tell you though i did like the fo folklore but Candyman altogether. I <laughs> I got it. There's just too much going on right there. You got a guy, he has a hook for a hand. Uh there's bees. Yeah. There's candy, which they only went over like once in this movie. Well. They really should have they emphasized it more in the second movie. We'll talk about it later. I don't know why. It just fucking bothers me. And you gotta say him in the mirror, and there's like all these things. And it's just too much to me. Like, they, sh it was just too much. Yeah. All that stuff for just the one character. Understandable. I mean, even, even when they explain the story, I still think it's just too much. Right. Like, just stick with a couple things. Don't, like, no, I understand I think the that's, I think stuff, the reason but... they do that is to kind of shroud it in mystery. Because the idea I is. I get that. The idea is essentially that there, people are blaming everything for problems that aren't theirs. Right. And you know what I mean? It's, I don't care. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Still, 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Okay. Okay. 
That's better than I thought you were going to do. I think it's great. I, I really think it this really is a is. solid film. It's like, it's not really shot in the traditional horror way either. It's done in like segments and weird mm-hmm. way. That's almost kind of reminiscent of something like, you know, the directorial sort of stylings of like Jacob's Ladder. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the feel and look of it has that kind of like right. classical direction, but also has like horror elements in it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if that makes sense to anybody, please give me a shout out because <laughs> I'm, I hope I'm making myself clear because that's a very distinct type of movie that wasn't from a horror director. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why it has this kind of like do, do dichotomy. I don't want to say mm-hmm. dichotomy, duality to it with that sort of thing. Um, but yeah. Okay. So 8.5 from both of us out of 10. And you can rent it online. Uh, we thought it was on Paramount Plus, but I couldn't figure it out. Or it used to be, and they took it down or something. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did sell the a copy of uh, Candyman online for like ten bucks recently. So I mean, you yeah, can, or eight ninety nine. It's affordable. Yeah, you could we, own it. We, we don't own it because I always end up buying all the like rare weird shit. Yeah, exactly, because you always think it's going to be available, right? And, you and really usually it is. It, yeah. But well, we do have it on VHS. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We got something. Well, we do have some trivia. I want to go too deep into it because it's going to be a pretty lengthy episode if we do. But we got some good stuff here, guys. And I and I wanted to kind of go over some of it. Some of it you might know. Some of it you might not know. Uh, some of this is just kind of topical anyway because I want to get into some of our favorite scenes and kind of break down what our thoughts are. Watching it for the, you know, however many times now that we've seen it. Because it's a little different for me each time I watch it. You know, like it's a different experience. So, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. Go down to the timestamps down below if you want and skip to the next movie to hear our spoiler-free adventures. <laughs> but if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. The bees were bred specifically for this movie, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they needed to make sure that the bees were only 12 hours old so that they look like mature bees, but their stinger wouldn't be powerful enough to do any real... Oh, because young bees, it doesn't have that that Instinct. poison... No, it's not poison. From when they you're thinking you. scorpions. It's just they don't have the uh, reaction mm-hmm. to sting necessarily. Oh, okay. But Tony Todd said it was he was stung 26 times anyway during Ouch. the entire Candyman trilogy, mm-hmm. and one of the more infamous things that he did is said that every time Todd said he'll do the bees thing, but he negotiated a bonus of a thousand dollars for every bee sting he ever suffered during filming of nice. those. Nice. And then he got it. Uh huh. So $26,000 later. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's a good deal, huh? That is a good deal. A nice little bonus, you like, know? Like, sting me some more, bitch. Yeah, go ahead. Sting the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> the exterior hallway and staircase scenes were actually filmed for a few days in the infamous Cabrini Green housing projects, though the, the producers had to actually make a deal with the literal ruling gang members to put them in the movie as an extras to ensure the cast and crew's safety during filming. Nice. But Smart. E- right. Like, I mean, it always reminds me of, like, when I lived down in, uh, or when I would go to, to Rave and D.C. and mm-hmm. Baltimore and shit, you would pay the, the homeless people to watch your car. Right. Because if you didn't, they would break into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but you, it's like, it kind of, it's like, it's whatever. It's the way it is, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I'd be paying for parking anyway. Yeah. And, and, and every now and then, you know, they would still do it anyway, but, you know. Yeah, shit, it happens. It's just kind of be 
to be expected, though. That's how it was, yeah. And I didn't mind helping them out. And usually they were right. pretty cool about it. So, right. uh, but you definitely wanted to pay them because you didn't. You didn't want to be like, oh, I don't have any money, man. Sorry. You're like, okay, no problem. I'll just get it from your car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a key right here. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So, despite all of that, the, the gang members and they're ruling and talking to them, being in the movie and stuff. A sniper, some sort of sniper, they say, put a bullet through the production van on the last day of filming. Oh, my God. Nobody was injured, but isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So somebody shot at the van on the way out. Chicago. I don't know about a sniper. It just seems, like, weird. Yeah, that's a little too much. It was probably just some bullet. Yeah, I, when I think of snipers, a... I think of, like, military idiots yeah. on the fucking rooftops, like, going, yeah. <laughs> We gotta shut this production down. Yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin's on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Christina. That's enough. And you gave me shit. <laughs> Last time I made a joke. I did. (laughs) So another thing is, while investigating one of Candyman's crime scenes, Helen and Bernadette discovered the design of the apartment's medicine cabinet made impossible for any entry of an intruder. They talk about someone went into the neighbor's house and killed them, and then they couldn't figure out how they got in or out of the apartment or whatever Uh and how they died. And it was through the fucking medicine cabinets. And I always remembered that. That was always a significant thing. Oh, it totally, yeah. That actually literally happened in Chicago. Uh-huh. That somebody actually went through there and committed, you know, it, they actually did this exact way. Oh, wow. And they killed the person? Yeah. And wow. then And then sealed it back up. It's clever. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, clever. clever. Have you seen those TikTok videos? I don't know how you get it back, though. Like, how do you, like, close it back? You just, you just... You you go in there and you have the thing in your hand. I I already know. <laughs> you already have the medicine cabinet in your hand when you're crawling back in there, and then you can just cock it back in. Don't you watch TikTok? These these videos are all over TikTok. Like not how to kill people, just oh, the, yeah. you know the secret rooms and shit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, bonus I th- rooms. <laughs> bonus rooms. <laughs> So the film's opening credits feature a great aerial view of Chicago, which I always mention when I watch. This oh movie. yeah, right at the beginning. Right, and we remember I mentioned it to you even like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember this beginning. It opens up in the city, mm-hmm. and I've come to find out they actually did that with an incredible new machine at the time called a Skycam, which now they just do it drone wise and shit right. and like. But Easy the, peasy. But this was like a big deal back then because you could shoot up to a five hundred millimeter lens with no vibration, so you wouldn't have oh. to like. So smooth. Right. And he said that uh, Bernard Rose told the Independent that you've never seen that shot before, at least not done that smoothly before it, which mm-hmm. uh, they do in the sequel too, only upside down in That's the new right. movie. That's right, they do. So that was kind of a nice little nod there, I thought, in the new movie, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool that they did that. Uh, Virginia Madsen was actually hypnotized. This, Per her her own words, she was hypnotized and given trigger phrases on the set for her scenes with Candyman. Oh. So she grew increasingly uncomfortable with this method and asked it to be stopped. Oh, wow. So that she could be scared, I guess, or something. I, I don't know. That's the way to do it. I guess. I don't know. I, I didn't look into it too much, but it sounds kind of crazy to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was some controversy. Remember I mentioned that there were some people that were upset with this film for depicting racism in a way? And it was actually, the pe- <laughs> there was a lot of people that felt that it was racist for its depictions. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't even get that at all in it. Well, and the interesting thing is, is that 
you know, it, it, they felt like there was too many racial stereotypes in it, which I could see oh, okay. for the time, you know. Yeah, for the time, yeah, I see. Um, but according to Bernard Rose, he said that I had to go and have a whole set of meetings with the NAACP because the producers are so worried what they said to me. And when they read the script was like, why are we even having this meeting? You know, this is just just good fun. And their argument was, why shouldn't a black actor be a ghost? Why shouldn't a black actor play Freddy Krueger or Hannibal Lecter? If you're saying that he can't be, it's really perverse. And this is a horror movie, according to Virginia Madsen. Uh, she said, I was and am now worried about how people will respond. I don't think Spike Lee will like this film. But Tony Todd has been asked about it multiple times. And he was very wanted to be a part of this. It was a big part. Um, because you see what I'm saying by the racial stereotypes? Because in history, universal monsters have also been depicted right. as... Yeah, white guys. Or, or black people. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. They're the monsters... Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, so that there's, like, this, like, white fear kind of thing mm-hmm. built around it. It's been, like, this thing. So I can understand why they felt that way. But Tony Todd assured everyone mm-hmm. that this is something completely different. And he didn't want to be a, you know, he wouldn't be a part of something like that. Right. If he felt like it. And he was in every sequel and the new one. Right. And I could see, too, because you have a white, a white male director. Right. And then the victim's a white woman. To, to be honest. Honest, you know, we're like really I only can... getting only people who've actually done that is actually like a few. There's only a few directors who have been able to represent culture in, right. in certain ways, you know, in the big mainstream. Mm-hmm. And more so recently, we started getting a lot of that, which seems like kind which of dumb, great. like a no brainer. Right, right. <laughs> like, but like, yeah, I guess it's just the way how things worked back then. And now we got more women directors. Now we have more, you know, people of color prep, uh, representing well, and, all cultures, really. Sure, sure. But it's more than it used to be anyway. Yeah, totally. Um, so I can kind of understand where they were coming from back then, but as we look at it now and what this movie represents now is actually a more modern take than I think people were realizing. Mm-hmm. And it and it kind of uncovers stuff that is hip would you know what I mean? Like it actually right. is in favor of the argument mm-hmm. rather than the the uh, the reverse. It's interesting though to like n- look back mm-hmm. on this now and this now being hailed as one of the movies that that fought through the current Mm -hmm. and is actually kind of revered in some ways. So I don't know. I don't know where it stands, but I mean, if Peel grabbed onto it and a lot of people in the community actually turned it into something like that Mm -hmm. for the new sequel and everything like that, obviously there are some people that, that don't feel that way anymore. Mm -hmm. So there are some scenes that I really like in this movie and some things that I really appreciated seeing in this movie that I really liked. Do you have anything offhand that you know that uh, would be interesting to talk about? Uh, not until we get to about the middle part of the movie. Okay. Well, they still played a lot of the music in there. Oh, yeah. Throughout the whole thing. Did you like his voice? I didn't. Who? Candyman's voice. They did like Tony this, Todd's voice. Yeah, they yes. did like this echoey. Like, um, what they did is I know exactly how they do it because I right, do it. Dude. I do it on some of my stuff sometimes. What you do is you raise the bass up so uh-huh. that the bass is higher than the the actual high end. Uh huh. And then you put a little bit of reverb on there so it has some spatialness to it. So it feels like it's in a room. Uh huh. And it's bouncing off the walls. Oh, I don't know. It's reverb. I could see it being freaky. 
but I don't know. I I I'm, loved it. I'm sensitive. Dude, <laughs> noises. It sounds like he's sensitive. in your head. That's what's scary about oh, it. Oh, that's why they did it. Like yeah, that. okay. that's why they did it because like you notice it sounds like it's bouncing off the walls. Away. Yeah. Yeah, you would never hear that in a parking lot like that. No. So it's like in your head, and mm-hmm. it's like him personally addressing her in all the situations and all these people, which they really play off of later on in the sequel, kind of in, in a way. Yeah. Which it makes more sense, I think. Yeah. But this one, um, I think it made more sense than I think a lot of people realized. Mm-hmm. Like there were some specific things why they did that. It might have just been for cheap scares. Maybe they weren't even thinking that deep. Mm-hmm. But it obviously had some interpretations of this movie that led people to think about certain right. things that were going on during that time that they weren't thinking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. I always thought, I was like, why is he killing everybody? Like, I always, when I was younger, like, really young, mm-hmm. I'm like, why is he just, like, murdering sh- the shit out of people? Gotta feed off that fear. And then I'm like, does he think that she's his wife, you know? Because they always had that trope. Oh, yeah. Do you know, like, where, oh, they're mistaking her for his wife because they look the same. Mm-hmm. Like, the haunting ghost movies that they always mm-hmm. do. Like, that's literally, like, in every... Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean... Dracula. I even saw it in yeah. some Martyrs Lane recently. They had mm-hmm. some similar thing that was going on there. And I'm like, can we not do that all the time now, please? <laughs> but no, that's not why. I mean, really, he was just trying to make her an example, uh, a martyr for the because of all the injustice that had gone on there. Mm-hmm. It was like it her turn sense. to be yeah. the martyr of sorts. And uh, he would make her immortal and to be with her as his victim. Because mm-hmm. he kept saying that over and over again. Um, one of the first things that I I really enjoyed was seeing Ted Raimi. Oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> That's Ted Raimi being a fucking like what does he call it? What a greaser? Yeah, a greaser a gre- looking a dude, greaser creeper. Yeah, with a fucking leather jacket and shit. <laughs> he's so young, dude. Like he's so young in that. His hair turned white. I was always kind of hoping that we would see him again in the movie. Like, but he died. Like she would have interviewed him or something. But yeah, he died later. <laughs> The big one that really freaked me out, though, is the one where after Helen has gone to the Cabrini Green place to interview the Anna, Aunt Marie, Anne Marie, Marie. yeah, mm-hmm. who has the baby in the Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, dude. The lady who played Anne, Anne Marie, I can't think of her name. Um, she was uh, Vanessa Williams. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Vanessa Williams. She, uh, man, her performance there seems real. It really did. There is blood all over the fucking apartment, and it's from the dog. The dog's head has been fucking cut off. Yeah, this is the part I liked. And this is where Helen wakes up. She doesn't know what happened because she was in the... She was in the parking lot. She's in the parking garage. And then she saw the candy man, and then she wakes up in her and covered in blood. Right, which the woman thinks that she did it. And she's, like, pulling out her her hair, like, out of, like, her head and shit. Like, I think she really Mm -hmm. did that. It looked real. Like, oh, my God. And, like... I thought the baby was dead. I thought it was splattered yeah. all over the yeah. wall dude i mean how would you feel exactly but no it was a dog which, yeah which is even worse you know take the baby you don't you know behead the baby don't behead the fucking dog <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. i don't know about all that but both are tragic but i'm just saying like but yeah that that scene was really great and she even goes up to her like what's going on like i would just be like i don't know what i would do in that situation you know what i mean that was that's what i'm talking about by bloody like that is some bloody yeah, shit yeah that was that was at least they didn't show it like that's you know well this is this is within the realm of now she's going crazy like everybody thinks she's crazy right well they're trying to play off of that because like I mean, he was guilty for something that 
really shouldn't have been an issue, right? Mm-hmm. See, but what I don't understand is, like, there's no way she could get out of this. Like, there's no way you could plead not guilty to something like well, this. Well, yeah, because already... nobody believes in the fucking Candyman. So once she she goes to the say the insane asylum, right, and then the He's doctor. He's all floating around. Yeah, she goes into. That's the... all. You, this is as far as you got with cool scenes, and like you're going to the end here. Sorry. Go really. Ahead. No, well, yeah. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Now go ahead. Well, no, I, just... I was just gonna say I don't understand. She gets out of the asylum. I'm skipping a part, and she goes back to her house. It's pink because the the mistress is now moved in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a month that she didn't realize it's been like over a month. What she should have killed the, her fucking husband. I would have just been like, fuck it. Nothing I could do. You two are going to die. I'm killing you. I'm just going to summon Candyman to kill you. And Dude, I was she like, fuck relishes it. that part now, doesn't she? She's like, yeah, think I'm a killer because I'll fucking kill you right yeah. now. And it's like, oh, boy. how boy. She didn't even have to do anything. And she's just scared. Yeah. She, yeah. She's it, just she scared was, out of her mind. Yeah. And the girl's just crying. She just starts crying immediately. And she's always which like. Is, it's such a real thing. You uh-huh. know, like I would imagine that that kind of girl would just start crying. Yeah, that. Yeah. Well, she's painting in the fucking apartment pink. I know. Like, and she's flake. She keeps flailing on the guy like, oh, my God, like, that's gross. Boy, he just moved on real quick, didn't he? Well, technically, he was cheating on her. Right. But yeah. I mean, well, we don't know for sure, but. Oh, come on. That was definitely you know, her going crazy it. was definitely gave him uh you know, yeah, full steam ahead. You know what I mean? Move her in and everything within yeah. a month. Who would let somebody paint their whole fucking place pink? I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I don't mind the color <laughs> pink, but I ain't gonna paint my house. I know, pink. like, I don't mind pink either. I'd paint the bathroom pink or something, but not the whole goddamn place. Not the goddamn living room. Jesus Christ! Pink flamingos and shit. What the fuck? <laughs> Just put buttholes all over the wall. <laughs> or some lady chewing on. Oh, that was was that. The one where the lady bites the tire to pop it and her tooth came out. I have no idea. It was it was a fucking it was the fucking I think it was pink flamingos, but it could have been one of the other ones. Could have been like hair or something like that. Uh, one of John Waters movies. Yeah, I just can't remember. I remember her tooth really came out from biting the tire. Mm-hmm. You see it drop out. It's like oh fuck. I, I'll take it back there before she gets out of the hospital. I love when she goes in and Candyman is like floating over her, and then she's like oh, yeah. murderer, murderer. <laughs> And then he's just like floats away. Under, <laughs> he like floats under the bed, like wee. <laughs> Which is well, I can't talk about the new one yet. Oh, cares? There's some that, things in this that, that make me think about the the next one. Yeah, so. me too. I've been trying to keep my mouth shut too. That was the other thing I really liked too. Is she goes to the head ward and tells him the guy that the the head of the hospital, and he's like, I can prove that he's real, that I'm not crazy. And it says, it says Candyman five times mm-hmm. and then nothing happens. And then he rips out the back of him and he screams as blood is like spraying everywhere. <laughs> and it's like brutal. Like you don't really even see the gash, but they do a really good job. Again, it's kind of like that whole Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing where you never really see the gore. Uh-huh. But you it's so horrific. Right. That it just, you feel the pain. Right. And they really. That scene especially. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because a lot of people think, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is this bloody thing and there's really none in it. Right. (laughs) It's just like fucking violent like that, you know, like Mm -hmm. this. It shows the brutality, which we had not seen like that before, you know. Mm -hmm. But then she, yeah, when she goes, after she goes to the house, 
and scares the girl and everything like that and leaves. She goes back to Cabrini Green and the bonfire is about to start and Anne Marie's baby's in it. So she goes into the fucking thing before they start lighting it up. And she goes in and finds the baby in there because Candyman's like, I'm going to take, you know, it's going to be all of us. This is our baby now. We get to have this as our baby. And mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, like I said, like his wife and his kid and now they can be immortal together. And, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't want the baby to survive. Like, that's right. what I thought. Right. But, you know. The baby talk, survived. The, ba- the baby survived because she gets out of there and provides the baby to Anna Marie, who's, like, shocked. As her fucking wig is on fire. That was kind of funny. <laughs> She's all crawling out of there, like, with her hair. She, I think she just dies on the ground there. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is just a cool scene in general. Right. I really like the funeral. So they did show her funeral, <laughs> even though the fucking husband was there with the girlfriend. Doesn't make any fucking sense to me. That's oh, rude as fuck. Yeah. Oh, I, I like how what, how she looked in the casket. She had like this head cap on. And then the, the fucking. The uh, and then the whole community. The whole community of Cabrini Green comes over. Yeah, and she walks up with the baby. And, and that kid, Jake. Yeah. The kid that, that was in the movie. I liked him, too. Mm-hmm. Basically, the one that showed her the fake candy man. That was another really good scene, too. Yeah, that was a good scene, That's too. one that we forgot to mention, where Jake, he she meets Jake, and Jake tells her that, that Anna Marie's not in and whatever, and then they she ta- he takes in where he saw what Candyman was, which was this drug dealer, and he went into the bathroom, and there was shit all over the walls saying sweets for the sweet, and then she almost... She gets fucking banged in the face with this hook, and she has like a black eye for like twenty minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. It goes away pretty quick, yeah, actually. It really goes. Um, but yeah, like that kid comes and drops the hook because they find his hook in the fire afterwards, mm-hmm. and they drop it on her grave. And then, of course, at night, fucking her husband feels bad about everything because he realizes that she saved the baby, and that right. he, and he's a piece of shit. Well, yeah. And that these people wouldn't show up if she was. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, he's like, oh, Helen. Oh, Helen, Helen, Helen. (laughs) (laughs) And then she appears, you know. And I I always thought that was a cool ending. Yeah. But it just kind of, like, takes away from Candyman. So you think it's over, but obviously not because there was a sequel. Did you like the ending of this one? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I I did. I thought it was cool. Um, Were the sequels any good? Like No, the other one's sequels? And the sequels don't relate anything to the newer movie. One of the sequels toward the Candyman was a prequel. Oh, okay. Of what happened. Oh, okay. You know. Right, to make him be... Yeah, there apparently is some connections to it, maybe, because I haven't seen it in forever. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that when we talk about the next movie. Which, you know, if you guys, uh, we're going to do a spoiler free now about the next movie, which is Candyman 2021. I would love to hear what you guys think about the original Candyman. Are are we right? Do you think it deserves a 9 or an 8 or an 8.5 between the two of us? Let us know what you think in the comment section down below. Now we're going to jump into Candyman from 2021. All right, guys. So Candyman 2021. It was good. Thanks for coming by. Bye. And as always. <laughs> you better watch it because Murray knows what you oh, say. Oh, he knows the call sign. The <laughs> yeah, because sign. then he knows it's the end. <laughs> so, so, a sequel to the horror film Candyman from 1992 the, that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. Tagline Say it. Say it. <laughs> 
Writer-director Nia DaCosta, who is a director of a movie called Little Woods that she wrote for also. She's working on the Marvels that's filming now and a show called The Lincoln Conspiracy. She wrote a TV series called Ghost Tape as well. So she's actually fairly new to the industry. Not that new, but, you know, thing about her is that she has worked just about every single department in filmmaking, too. Oh. So she's very well-rounded as a producer, camera, electrical, second unit director, editor. You know, she's had a little bit of experience everywhere. And I think that, for me, when you understand you work through all those different levels, you really kind of get a better understanding of the entire process. Mm -hmm. And it just makes you a better director, writer, etc. We also have writer Jordan and producer, by the way, Jordan Peele, who also helped produce, obviously known for the Key and Peele. TV show. Right. But now a full-time writer, director, producer, and still acts, but he did Get Out, Us, and more. He's got another one, a new one that's coming out, by the way, called Nope. Nope. Yeah, which I, I just shared today on in the uh, group because I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't even know about this. Dude, I thought that was a joke at first. Remember when the posters came out? Nope. And you're like, is this, no, this isn't real. Yeah, it seemed like a meme, right? Yeah, it totally seemed like a meme or like a, a fake a fake movie from like a Grindhouse right. movie or something. It's got like a single disc sort of shaped cloud that has like a bunch of like car lot flags tied to it like the sort of like mm-hmm. ones you would hang up over you know like on the a walls grand opening yeah for like a used car lot or something mm-hmm. like that so I'm, I feel like it's like something flew by it got hooked up caught on it mm-hmm. and it's flying up above it right and it's either nope I'm not dealing with that shit or nope we ain't telling you the name <laughs> so one of the two a lot of people theorize that the movie is uh, basically a sequel to Get Out because some of the characters or some of the um, actors actors are going to be in it which is Kiki Palmer Danielle Kaluuya who was in Get Out by the way Steven Yoon and more so it's uh, coming out July 22nd of 22 so on Universal Pictures, so it might be on Paramount Plus. I think is that how it works. I hope so. I don't know how because Universal and Blumhouse did did Halloween, uh, Halloween Kills and it came out on Paramount Plus. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, I'm looking forward to it. I like his movies. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. This is also written and produced by Win Rosenfeld, who he's he's never really written that much. He did an episode of like the new Twilight Zone. He's more of a producer for many TV shows, and he did the uh, helped write on Black Klansman, which was a really good movie. Remember that one? No. Where they infiltrate the you watch the Ku Klux Klan. You watched that on an airplane. Oh, right. you're right. It. Okay, yeah. I think you're I, right. I don't know why I remember that. Yeah, that was a good movie to watch on a plane ride, by the way. Because oh. <laughs> it was long. Um, but yeah, he he did that. And we also have a cast of Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, who plays Anthony, who played Man- Manta in the Aquaman movie. He was in The Get Down, a Us movie, of course. Uh, he did an episode of Black Mirror. I think it was the one where the two guys, like, have sex in their video game world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. Uh, he's also going to be in the Matrix Resurrections movie. Resurrection. So he's definitely blowing up right now. Um, he's also in another movie called All Day and Night. We got uh, Tayona Paris, who is Brianna, his girlfriend in the movie, is his other significant other, I guess. She was in Dear White People, Point Blank, The Empire TV Show. and I liked Empire. Yeah, you're a big fan of that. Yeah. Mad Men... WandaVision, she was in too, as the uh, oh, the main uh, 
the other agent? The agent, the main agent that right, was outside, right. yeah. Oh, that's where I recognize That goes it from. in, remember? Right, right. Yeah, anyway, so I don't want to spoil it for Sorry. anybody if anybody sees <laughs> it. Uh, she was really good when she went in, too. Like, I really mm-hmm. thought her character in that was really funny. Um, we also have Nathan Stewart Jared, who plays Troy, Brianna's brother, mm-hmm. who I forgot was in the TV, that British TV show with the kids with the powers or whatever, or the, the ones that got in trouble. Oh, okay. The Misfits TV show. Uh-huh. He was in that one. Oh, okay. Um, he also did four weddings and a funeral TV show, generation TV show, mope and more. Uh, we also have Coleman Domingo, who I love. He's Burke in this movie. He was in birth of a nation, assassination nation, Lucy in the sky X. And where I remember him mostly from is fear of the walking dead. He was Victor strand. Oh, okay. He was in a lot of episodes. Mm -hmm. So whether they talked about him or not, you know, he's in the episode. This movie had a budget of twenty five million, which is literally Whoa. four times as much as the first, the original. Yeah, and it made seventy seven point four million dollars at the box office in the middle of a pandemic. That's so really good. It's not for, bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, this, yeah, because that was only in theaters, huh? Although I don't know that they will do a sequel for it because it usually they ask for it to be like four times the amount. Mm-hmm. We don't need a sequel. I don't think we do either. I think this kind of caps it. But yeah. But I would like, we'll get into it later. Um, <laughs> Christina, what did you think of this movie? Oh, I thought it was really good. I I got to tell you, I extremely appreciated that they used the Candyman song in the beginning of the movie. Right. Because of, co- like, why wouldn't you? Like, they did, I, like why wouldn't you? I'll, I have some thoughts on that. I'll tell you, but go ahead. Okay. Well, anyway. I loved the art perspective angle of it. I love that he was an artist and it mm-hmm. reflected back to like the original story pretty much of yep. how the Candyman came to be. But it was that whole community, the like art community within it because, you know, there's a lot of fucked up people in the art community sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> and for some fucking reason, I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I kept thinking of the Amityville movie oh god a new generation from 1993 because that one was was that uh, the the 90s one that, that was like they found the mirror yeah from the house because they were living in a building and he was doing an art exhibit yeah he yeah. was doing art exhibits and stuff and i don't know why this just made me think of that for some reason <laughs> it's funny that you remember <laughs> and that. i had to dig but i had to dig to find the title because i couldn't remember what amnaville movie it was yeah so that I was really, a terrible one it too. was really bad i had to dig for it, it wasn't but. the worst out of the series i don't think i don't remember it's been a right. while um i i liked how all the characters in the movie, they brought up, like, everyone's trauma from their past. I know. <laughs> like, everybody's. I thought it was kind of weird, but it was, like, everybody's trauma. Like, every kid, like, everybody. And I do love how it's tied into the first movie. Okay. About, you know, how Helen is brought up in this movie. I loved the animation sequences Mm. i thought they were amazing and i loved how the little even though they were just shadows they really represented the first movie okay well you know what i'm saying yeah it's very artistic yeah it was the whole thing was really artistic Mm. and the music in it and everything but i gave i gave it eight out of a ten really okay yeah what about you well this is i feel like the a proper sequel like, in my opinion, it, it doesn't uh, outdo the original, but it does bring back some of that vibe while doing something com- completely new and unique and kind of feeling more modern than the original. Uh, even though I still feel that the original is kind of modern in its own way, too. You know, mm-hmm. um, I personally think this is a great companion piece to the original movie. 
It is totally very good. Like I was very surprised by this movie. It's not perfect. I have, you know, very little gripes on this one. And although I sort of called it early on what was going to happen. Right. I still enjoyed the fucking ride that I got all the way there. Because I did. I turned to Christina and was like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, shut up, dude. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) But first off, the acting was really pretty natural. I felt like, man, like for this girl, she is good at direction. And I wonder what her style is like. You know what I mean? Because like you see some of these really great actors do really shit jobs in movies. Mm-hmm. And then you go, was it the actor's fault or the director's fault? Oh, yeah. So, you know what I mean? So when I think when I see this, I mean, these are these are talented uh, actors. You know what I mean? Um, but obviously it's been a while since the original Candyman. So there's a little bit of info dropping to catch people up to speed, which I, I personally didn't mind. I thought they hit it into the movie and tucked it in there pretty cle- cleverly enough to just, you know, kind of get you up to speed without boring you too much. Kind of like an interesting intro to a movie. You know what I mean? Like they, they kind of set it up a different way. Like the guy telling you want to hear a scary story. Right. You know, just stuff like that, like is a really good vehicle to info dump people in on stuff because it gets your attention right off the bat and I, I like you really liked what they did with that f- sort of uh, paper cut shadow play that they did mm-hmm. I thought it was really unique and interesting and I hate when movies try to go back and borrow f- you know footage from the other film it mm-hmm. just feels like that was the better choice it was right cl- and she the director actually directed that mm-hmm. so if you look in the credits you can see it's it shows that she did that and i don't know if she did that before or after or for the film or what but i think maybe she might have that might be why she was picked oh uh huh because because originally it was supposed to be jordan peele directing it remember no he was supposed to direct it and write oh. it but he ended up doing just the writing and production of it uh-huh. He was going to do all three. Mm-hmm. I really like her style. I think she did a really good job as the director here. I think everybody in the cast did a really good job. It's interesting, too, because this movie feels so modern and so, you know, still being very much a part of the entire story of Candyman to me and Cabrini Green, even though we don't get to see pretty much either of them that much in this movie right off the bat, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, and so I didn't know where it was going to go in the very beginning. And I was kind of curious. And then they start, it starts to slowly unravel. And in some ways, this movie is also kind of more unyielding than the first one and brutal in some ways, but also it has the good sense to know that that movie, the original didn't go as far all the time either. Mm -hmm. And, and she uses some of the same tactics that they did in the first film for kills which right. I thought was, you know, hindsight. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that was the right choice mm-hmm. because there's a scene in this movie that I got really excited about. And I was like, oh, yes, everyone's going to die. And then and then they didn't really show it. Right. But, but they do such a good job of 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 what that fear is like in, in a particular part of the of the room mm-hmm. when it happens, that it, it really is very effective. And that that's talent. If you can do that, that's talent. And I really like that. But, you know, this isn't a movie that also just relies on brutality either. It has that balance, like the first one in some ways, um, while still not being as good as the first one, in my opinion. But it does have its own sort of artistic touch to it, which, you know, she obviously has some hand in and how it looks, obviously, as a director. Mm -hmm. Whoever her director of photography was, the lighting and everything was really good in this movie. It's, It's not the few gripes that I do have with it. 
for one, I wasn't, ex- I was expecting a little bit more of the classic song that you, that I love so much mm-hmm. to be like an updated version of it, which they do add it in this movie and it is somewhat updated, but they only use it in those parts, those like info dump parts and like sort oh. of the end. They use a different sort of more, um, I don't know. I felt like when you listen to that song in the original and some bad shit's happening on the screen, it works well. When some positive thing is working on the screen, it works well. And when some like investigation type stuff or, you know, they uncover some new nugget of information, it's it works all through and through. And I feel like they could have put it in here just a little bit more. But, you know, whatever. Well, maybe she wanted it for those parts where it was relating to the other movie. Right. So that way you knew. Condensed into its own separate thing. Well, we yeah. don't want to get into it too much because right. well, you know why. Yeah, I know. Um, For those of you who have no idea what this is about, I think it's best you go in blind. Don't listen to anybody tell you, you know, as far as like, you know, what anything happens in the story. Don't listen to that. We're not going to do that here. Uh, we're just basically giving you some. Just... Everybody dies. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I still think the score worked for this one. I just would have loved to hear a little bit more of it. There are a lot of characters in this one that make up the story as well. So it kind of delves into the gaps between the first Candyman and everything in between, which is kind of great. And it kind of revisits some areas that might have not been so clear in the first movie that might have been a little confusing, while also adding a few elements and scenes that I'm like, wait, why was that in there? So that's another little gripe that I have. There's a couple of moments where it's just like, wait, why is that in there? Mm -hmm. Is that like a nod or something like that? I had heard a lot of people say that this movie was like shoving it down your throat and what shoving what down shoving your throat? the fucking uh, racial justice down your throat bullshit and I, like sure. I get it it is a little bit more than it was in the first movie like it's a little bit more apparent it's it's obviously a finer point of that but it is very much a part of the story and why it's happening if you listen to the characters in this thing they explain everything that you need to hear. So if you're not listening to, and I even missed it the first time a couple of times, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was some of the things that uh, some of the characters are saying in this. But for me personally, I didn't feel like it beat me over the head with it. But I'm also a little bit more open and understanding of these kind of things. So mm-hmm. if you are offended by any kind of social, you know, like problems, this movie is probably not going to make you happy. But it, I don't think it's as bad as some people were saying no like some people were making out to be like like in order to like the movie they were going to set it up to just clear the audience at the first five seconds of the movie it's like no you're just being weird you know i also loved the ending of this movie i thought that was fucking insanely cool i loved it like i was really into some of these moments like it's different though they the the, the kills and the things that are happening in this movie are really different than the first movie mm-hmm. while still i feel being attached to this movie and i didn't feel like this was like some sort of cheap cash grab by any means like they put some real money behind this they got some real talent behind this there's some really cool stuff yeah they it, put a lot of thought into the script they really did like it's not just some dumb piece of shit like i don't know like the way some people made it seem is like it was like the the worst thing that ever been made and i'm just like oh god you you guys like drive me nuts like i understand not liking something but you can st- i've given movies better scores than i enjoyed it mm-hmm. because there's still talent involved in the movie 
Like, I didn't like The Witch at all, but I still gave it a six out of right, ten. Right. 6.5, I think I gave yeah, it. Yeah, the acting was awesome. You, you in can't that. just dis- <laughs> write off all the good things. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't like the number goes down. It was trash. It was trash. I know I'm talking a lot about this, but I really just had a lot of thoughts about this when I actually sat down and, uh, you know, revisited some of the scenes and things like that. I just feel like this is a really proper sequel that we never actually really got with all the other ones. And like I said, this movie does not outdo the original, but it is, however, a perfect, like I said, companion piece to this movie. In other words, if I watch the original, I'm watching this one. Right. Without a doubt. Right. And I will have no issue watching it. Because I enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Is it worth watching four times in a row? I don't know if it's that good. You know, I I would probably say that it is an eight out of ten as well. Mm-hmm. It is beyond. It is a solid film, and being able to fill the shoes of a much greater film or a much bigger film in history, classic. Yeah, is not an easy task to do. And I give my hat off to everyone involved on this one. I really think it's a solid film. It could go up to an 8.5 at some point in the future mm-hmm. because I just love these two movies together or something, you know, because they really kind of revisit and reveal some things in this movie that are very excellent surprises that I got. Seri- you could ask Christina. I was seriously like clapping. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, yes, yes, I yes. I was like, calm down. <laughs> I know. She was telling me to shut the calm fuck the up. Calm the fuck down, dude. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was getting excited and that's a that's a good sign that like that I'm really enjoying the movie. You yeah. Know? Like and I like eight out of ten, eight point five out of ten. Look maybe. at us. Yeah, look at us. You know. Scoring the same scores. We do that occasionally, you know. I think it carefully handles the origins of Candyman while showing us something new and, you know, taking out people in some pretty fucking creative ways that only Candyman could do, which they change a lot in this movie of how he, you know, goes around killing people. But in a way, it makes sense Mm -hmm. because of the theme of this movie and how they do it. Everything reflects exactly what they were trying to do in this movie. And I almost, in some ways, kind of like how they did it with with him mm-hmm. in this one. A little bit more, just slightly. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Eight out of eight, or eight out of ten, I mean, for both <laughs> of us. Eight and eight for both of us. So, I mean, that's a pretty solid film. I know that it kind of divided some of you guys. I, I don't know. I mean, I understand if you didn't like it, that's fine. To think it's trash, I just, I have a hard time believing that. It's trash. Yeah, it gets a minimum of a five, no matter what, because it's a competently made film, period. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, It's not trying to be the original. It's trying to do its own thing, too, which I think somehow manages to do. It balanced. A lot of people were saying that it didn't, that it didn't do justice to the original, and it didn't feel like it was connected to it. I'm like, how is it not? It's probably because they didn't watch the first movie before they watched this. Well, this movie is how old? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're talking like 19... 30 years yeah, ago. 30 years almost, old. you know? Like that's that's a huge gap. Mm-hmm. Like that's you're never going to make a movie feel like the other one. Like ever. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I don't know. I'm just I think it's a a good outcome for a sequel to come out like this as strong as it did. I'm glad they chose the way of the sequel. I think that was a good choice ultimately than to try to do a reboot which would have fucking probably been a lot worse than this. Right. But, you know, after seeing too many uh, shitty sequels, you kind of wondered if it was going to pull it off, mm-hmm. and it did. It really did. And I'm really glad that it did, and I would really like to pick up both of these now if we mm-hmm. can sometime in the future. Yes, we will. Okay. <laughs> 
we're so tight on money anymore. We haven't bought any movies, guys. Like a long time. Like we've rented, but that's it. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I feel like I the collection. I just want to burn it now. Because what are you I- talking about? We don't even have <laughs> enough room for what we have. We don't even have enough room for what we have. I'm just saying. About? I want to. You know. Anyway, we have some some stuff to talk about, a little bit of trivia, and I want to get over some of the points and things that were done in the movies. And uh, this is going to be a little bit, you know, a little bit longer uh, part here. We're not going to go too much over our regular time, but if you don't want anything spoiled, you definitely don't want to listen to this. Go watch the movie. It's out. It's 20 bucks. And I think, I mean, I don't know. If you're a real big fan of the first one, maybe. But it'll go down in price sometime soon. So it's just a matter of time. But I would definitely watch it this year before next. Like, put it on your calendar to watch before the end of this year. Watch the original first, for sure. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So, Jordan Peele, like I said, was originally attached to direct the project early on in production before, you know, moving into the producer's role. Apparently, Nia DaCosta was hired as director and later became the first black female filmmaker to have a movie open at first place at the box office. Oh, wow. So good on her. That's amazing. She's not only a person of color, but a person, you know what I mean? Like a woman. Right. Which they make a nod to in this movie uh, about black women Mm -hmm. in this movie that I thought was really relevant. And I want to see if you caught it. Because I we we briefly discussed it, I turned to you and I said, "How would you feel if that happened?" Oh, about the art seller. Yeah, with in her interaction with the other art seller. Right. Yeah. She yeah, kind of got overlooked. It. Yeah. She's using using her for her boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that a little bit here in a little bit, but I just wanted to see if you knew what I was talking about. Yeah, I know. Um. So we got Danielle Robital being the original. Helen Lyle being the only current female Candyman. The film's murdering Candyman being Sherman Fields and a Candyman in the making (laughs) being the film's protagonist, Anthony. So this is like this lineage of Candymans that we have like all these martyrs that have died for the sake of this pain and this message to get through. Mm -hmm. And that's very significant in this film. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also that's why the mirror is such a big deal in this movie, because it's a reflection of society. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can only see him in the reflection. Uh-huh. Do you see oh, what I'm saying? I yeah, I didn't think about that. And yeah. I think that's why they chose to do it that way um, mm-hmm. a little bit more than they did like in the first Candyman. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they were thinking that far ahead, you know, back then. Right. But they were able to use some of the stuff that they did from the first movie to kind of do that, which is kind of cool that they elaborate on that, in my opinion. How he's floating. Right. They talk about, you know, Anthony's journey coming into becoming a Candyman being similar to Helen's with an obsessive exploration into the legend of Candyman and then subsequent wrongly accused legacy, which both of them experience. Mm -hmm. So they're both martyrs, you know, right? left behind romantic partner and murdered colleagues, Mm -hmm. you know, full circle fate as preceding Candyman being Helen Lyle who died and became a Candyman, saving the infant Anthony from Candyman Robitel, which was... Or Robi- did he? Was Robitel the... Or Daniel Robitel was the original, yeah. Sherman Fields was the guy that had the, the, the claw hand mm-hmm. that gave candy to kids. Right. Which is really relevant in this movie, by the way. The candy? No. The, the fact claw? that they were making him out to be a murderer just oh, because he yeah. was black. right. right. You know what I mean? It right. was like that whole thing. That's mm-hmm. that's the kind of point they were making. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of refresh everybody on that part there so that we know what we're talking about moving <laughs> forward. Some of the things, what, what, what would you say that you, um, 
liked versus disliked or, you know. Oh, see, again, I liked how they used candy. He, the oh. Stedman was like, what was his name? Sherman. I'm Sherman. Sorry, yeah. Sherman. He was like handing candy to the kid and then it kept coming back and then they kept finding it on the floor. There was more of a, oh, that's why he's the candy man. Yeah, like, it was somebody that had it out for him. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't and actually it, the murderer. Right. And then right. he, he, he got was, murdered. Exactly. I like but yeah, that. they explain the candy thing better in this one. Yeah, they do. And it becomes part of the lore, the lineage of martyrdom mm-hmm. that these people all go through for Candyman for this ultimate pain and suffrage that people of color, right. I think, they're trying to express here. Mm-hmm. And it's all, in my opinion, is them trying to kind of whitewash it away, mm-hmm. which is why... We get Burke's character. We get, you know, do you understand yeah, what I'm that, saying? Yeah. I'll sense. get into it more, but I just like, <laughs> it's just, it, I want to, I'm bubbling to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I loved all the tie in characters that mm-hmm. they had from the first movie. I was kind of hoping to see Jake in there, like at it first. Too much. Too much. It might have been too much. It yeah. Too much. Like, I think it was the right balance to just have, you know, the mom, the mom and, and the, him it, being yeah. the baby. Yeah. Him, the baby. Yeah. And I knew after seeing the Troy guy talk about what happened with Candyman mm-hmm. and how the story changed, I was like, wait a second, what's this? And it's like, oh, well, that's just, you know, playing telephone with people. Right. How it's changed over the times because people add a little bit of their own in there and it gets lost in translation. Mm-hmm. And she was marked as a guilty person, as a crazy mm-hmm. person. And she was doing angel angels in the blood of the dog i, I like that part oh yeah they were, <laughs> they they laughed yeah yeah they're like all right now back. you're out of control yeah, with this like, shit. that didn't happen like oh that's what they said <laughs> <laughs> they even showed a little like <laughs> yeah the little animated helen doing angels in the blood yeah <laughs> oh that was stupid is that what it's called it's snow angels that's what i was yeah thinking. blood angels i don't i don't because I don't have snow, so I... I You've never I, done a snow angel? No. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. I've been in snow, like, a handful of times. Uh, well, I grew up in it, so it's like... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, that's what I, you did. I couldn't remember what it was you called. You did it at least once in your life. I that's what I... so. I don't know. Weird. You know what a hamburger is? Have you heard of that? I have never been ice skating. I've been ice skating a couple times. Yeah, I've never been ice skating. Have you ever heard of a hamburger or a Shut hot dog? Shut the fuck up. Do you know what that is for real? Have you yes, heard of... I know what In-N-Out Burger is. Have you heard of Coca-Cola? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> One of the first scenes that really caught my attention. I mean, there's a lot of like really good back and forth between him and his girlfriend. Like they really seem like like a good couple. You know what I mean? Like, and then it kind of mm-hmm. deteriorates, and they try to to harp on like the fame angle a little bit, which I think got lost in the story a little bit more. Yeah, it did. But that's okay. I think it's because they just put too many scenes of Anthony's stuff in there. Uh, and Brianna's sort of like side story gets, you know, swept to the side a little bit, but it's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a scene where they had the art show and then he shows it to the like woman who's an art critic and she's like not interested at all. And that plays into something later and he gets mm-hmm. drunk and leaves. Right. And he's angry and everybody's just like he makes a big scene out of it. Mm-hmm. He even calls the secondary show guy his like the assistant to the show. That he's like, he's like, hey, maybe you should go study fucking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, maybe you should get insurance for your, <laughs> for your interns so that, you know, when you're fucking them all the time or something like that. And he was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> he's all like scared about it. 
And then he leaves and those two stay, the intern and the guy, and they go to fuck in front of the mirror, his project, which she chains him to, which was a nice little extra touch, by the way. I love that. Remember, she chains her... Her pants to his. His pants, right. Yeah. So, like, he he's, like, standing behind her and she's in front of him and they both say Candyman in the mirror, you know, five times. And he's, like, all of a sudden her throat just gets r- ripped and blood is just f- splashing out. And he's like, is this a joke? Is this a joke? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he tries to run and he realizes his fucking shit's hooked to her. <laughs> and then he runs to the door after unhooking it. And he can't see Candyman, right? But Candyman hooks him in the foot, knocking his shoe off. Oh, yeah, like got his ankle. Right. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. And he's like floating, kind of like trying to get away, you know, like. And they drag him into the other room and then kill him or whatever. And then, of course, Anthony's girlfriend, Brianna Cartwright, who owns the or runs the workplace there, is like she she walks in and sees all their bodies and everything like that. But she uh, they flip on the news. You see it flashes to them going back to their apartment or their hotel, their, their place where they live. And Anthony's like watching TV and it's like, today we found two bodies in the museum of the art show that uh, blah, 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 blah. We can't believe it was right in front of Anthony, blah, blah, blah's art piece called blah, blah, blah. And he was like, say my name. They said my name. They said my name. And they're like... uh, And then they pan over to the two of them and they're like, what? (laughs) This is what you had to say after two of your friends die? Like, really? Who gives a shit if the news says your name anymore? Like, who watches the news? Right. This this shows how obsessed he is with his own work, you know? That was like the goddamn moment. Like, geez, man. (laughs) I was laughing. But right after that, they go into Brianna's past. Do you remember this part? This is the thing that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why this is in there, but I kind of am glad that it is. Yeah, it's like her trauma. Like, right. this is why she's in. Her doing walking the art into and- those those people's dead bodies reminded her of her childhood, mm-hmm. and she's having a dream about this, where her she walks in on her dad, who was also a painter, and he's sitting on the windowsill with his legs outside the window. He's like, I bet you didn't know that your dad could fly, huh? And she's like, no. And he's like, jumps off. And you hear his, yeah. <laughs> you see his scream. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Simultaneously, she had that dream while he had to dream. And he's in the he's in the bathroom and she's looking in that room mm-hmm. when she wakes up. And it's actually Candyman looking at her. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he's reading her foreshadowing or something, or something yeah. like that. You know, I also like that the main character was trying to find himself only through pain and that suffrage that he was tapping into mm-hmm. that he actually was able to do well at his painting again because he was like so bored with his life i guess mm-hmm. and he was using it to excel which i think plays a pretty big part into why we have that scene with the art critic lady who earlier in the movie acted like anthony's paintings were not good right until those people died yes until tragedy happens of mm-hmm. course and you know now she finds his artwork appealing, of course, which is kind of like a mirror of how people are always willing to exploit people's pain mm-hmm. for attention, especially in the art crowd. Come on. Right. But they never really understand that pain. They just kind of use it and say they understand so that they can be seen and they can be 
you know, the next big thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when you see Anthony go to her house at night. And he doesn't tell anybody where he's going. He goes to that critic's house, which we don't know why. But he goes there after checking out some tape that he heard from Helen from the first movie. And he goes there and, and he's like... I should say he goes there and he's kind of like surprised because she's like calling his new his work eternal. He's like, that's really strange because I really didn't think you kind of understood it. Oh, she's like, oh, no, 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 no. I get it. You know, the hood gentrification, et cetera. Like trying to really downplay like all of these like kind of like fucked up things that she said. Right. And I think that's a really relevant part in this is because she's kind of oversimplifying all these things because she doesn't come from a place of understanding it. She comes from a place of privilege. Right. And I think they wanted to put that in there because she's not only exploiting it, but she's because there's so many people that voice their opinions about stuff anymore Mm -hmm. and they really don't care. They're Mm -hmm. just doing it for their own sake. Right. And I think that's why they're trying to say that is another mirror of that society and how we how people deal with shit online and stuff these days. And he's like, artists gentrify the hood. Who do you think makes the hood? Mm hmm. The city cuts off the community to die, and then developers come in. They say, hey, people, come on in. White people, especially, mostly, or all. He's like, please come to the hood. It's cheap. Stick it out for a couple years, and we'll give you a Whole Foods. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about gentrification. Uh And he's like, which he's like, if you really want to get it, and you really want to understand what the fucking the pain and suffering and and this shit going on in these communities that you guys basically send people to fucking die and don't give a shit about, then maybe say his name. He's like, maybe you'll get it then if you say his name, because then you'll be a part of the story rather than not. Mm -hmm. And she goes into the bath. She's like, well, excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. And it was a little too intense for her. And he's like, well, now isn't a better time than ever. He's like, I dare you. And she goes in there. And then he starts having a moment where he's picking at that fucking fucked oh, that, up hand. That a bee stung him, which is so cool because his skin started like almost turning into like a hot, like a comb, like a honeycomb. It does by the end. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was so cool. I love that. I was thinking about that and why they put that in the movie because I mean, odds are it's like most people who don't aren't thinking metaphorically are going to be like, why didn't you go to the fucking, you know, the hospital? I mean, I was thinking that a little bit. Because I didn't know that this movie was going to be that deep. Right. I think that it's possible that other than the fact that he is to be the next Candyman, which is pretty apparent, right? Like throughout the movie, right? Did you feel that? Oh, yeah, because he was getting obsessed with it. Right. I think one of the iter- or one of the iterations, at least of the martyrs, right? Uh, I think the wound might signify how possibly that the pain isn't forgotten and it has somehow infected people and that you deal with that pain and the suffrage when you really realize it and it becomes like an infection, like oh, okay. Candyman maybe. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm just trying to like hypothetically. That's a little too deep for me. <laughs> I mean, well, it is kind of weird that he doesn't fucking address the fucking problem and you see it getting worse and worse all the way up to his face. Christ. But most people don't address their problems. Right. But that could be another indication that, you know, it's staring him right in the face and he's not even mm-hmm. paying attention or whatever. You right. know what I mean? Right. But anyway, there, there's this uh, we see where uh, Candyman in the mirror is in the mirror as he's like seeing himself while she's in the bathroom. And apparently she does say the five times or whatever in the mm-hmm. bathroom. And he looks in the mirror before she comes out and he's like mimicking himself with the other candy man. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That was really cool. That was cool. I remember seeing that in the trailer where he like puts his hands up, but they never showed what it was. I don't think. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. I loved how they sort of did the whole bee behind the glass thing. Oh, yeah. The mirror. Right. Yeah. The bee appeared. There's a compact and there was a bee there. Well, there's that one. Then, there's yeah. another, there's multiple times. Oh, it happens. yeah. I like that, too, a lot. The um, that's not the first movie to do that, by the way. No, <clears throat> they did that on the in the ring, right? With the TV, and that's why you have to sage your mirrors, okay? okay? <laughs> and, your te- and your televisions, okay? Yeah, I still think it's a really cool like camera trick, and it totally makes sense here with the bees. Mm-hmm. So I just wouldn't be sticking my finger against the glass to touch a bee, right? It's a little weird, you know. Mm-hmm. He goes back and forth to that laundromat guy Burke, right? And Burke is being the character whose sister died at the hand of Candyman, we find out later. Because he's like, come on, man, let me in. I want to play. And she's like, this is too for grownups. You can't play this. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Right. They flash to that scene. And then he, like, comes back and then tries to open the door and they're all dead. Mm-hmm. And he sees Candyman in the, in the window. And he's like, ah! <laughs> you want some candy? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, freaky, man. Like, But I like that Burke's character's in here. And he's... It's kind of interesting. Like, at first, I didn't like it until I started listening to what he was saying. Right. He was, like, the the reason, the logic behind everything until he's you find the anger. out. He's the anger of the of the community. Right. Because he's he's the older guy that's been through the generations of Cabrini before it was there mm-hmm. or before it was torn down. And then, you know. Right. I don't like what, what, where they went with him, though. Well, he was kind of like um, the Johnny Appleseed of the story of Candyman, right? Mm-hmm. He's, like, setting out the seeds. Right. Like, he has a lot of big parts in the film where he, like, talks about Candyman and why he's sort of necessary. Like, he said something like, um, because that's the kind of story that, like, that of pain that doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's talking about, you know, suffrage and, you know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm growing up into that shit he's like that's candy man he's like the fact that he can deal with the fact that these things happen how they still happen is candy man mm-hmm. he's the reminder of these things that have happened in the past mm-hmm. which is necessary to him you know which i pretty much think you know i think a nod to obviously whitewashing like i mentioned history that goes on in schools today because you know whether you guys agree right. with this or not i know for a fact that i did not learn things that i should have learned right me too and they change this shit in schools all the fucking time and i don't know why we fucking study fucking nazis for like ever we mm-hmm. used to anyway and then and then then, then it started washing out that other stuff like the tulsa massacre mm-hmm. or the there was another or even the the uh, 1985 indi- bombing or whatever. Indigenous people, like how this country came to oh, be. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, the American Revolution, too, was something I didn't even like comprehend until like the last five years. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, regardless of how you are politically, shouldn't you be upset that people aren't telling you the truth and, and, and kind of trying to guide your thoughts the way that they think they should, you know? Like, I know people get upset at like stuff like for CRT, critical race theory and stuff, which they think are being taught in schools. Mm-hmm. and aren't and they're right. like graduate level programs that you learn which you know they think it's kind of like they've been taught that so then they sort of subsequently tell the kids that you know mm-hmm. but it's like you know kids are pretty smart they can figure it out they're not gonna it's not brainwashing them you know what i mean brainwashing them is not telling them full truth right 
That's lying. Like I thought, oh, well, I, I guess all the native Indians sat down and had breakfast and they had a big old And they meal. just handed the land. Oh. Man, that's pretty cool, man. And then man. they were like, oh, okay, we'll go, we'll go over here and live on this inhabitable yeah. Why are land? there no more <laughs> Native Americans anymore, Dad? Like, what? Yeah, it's just interesting, though. Like, like right. that's the kind of thing. And I really think that that's what he's trying to say and why he wants Candyman to be such a presence, because we need to be reminded... Of that thing. And some people will say, and I'm the, I'm just going to make this a point. A lot of, I know this is a hot button topic, but just hear me out. <laughs> white people worry that, I'm not saying me, I'm just saying white people, certain white people worry that if you teach that in school, or if you give that as an option, if you teach them the history of something, then that teaches them to hate the other side. Whereas I would think that we learn from our lessons, the things that we do wrong so that we don't repeat them, right? right? And that's why it's so important to Burke for them because it rotted the community, as he says, from the inside out until it was gone. You know what I mean? Like, So that's why he, he like, wanted Candyman to come back and he, like, lured Anthony and he cut off his fucking well, hands. Well, he's not, shit. like, a ringmaster of the whole thing. I think he was <laughs> right. just a part of the story. Right. Like, you I know thought, what I mean? See, but I thought that, well, now what you're saying is kind of making sense, but I thought that whole thing was kind of weird kind well of i just think off. it's it's it's, it's like, representative of the dynamic of people who who either want to move on and change history and not talk about it compared to those who want to who that's a real part of their culture right and who have had to go through a lot of stuff and that is who they are right you know what i mean yeah that makes sense uh, well, trying to wash that away from somebody is like me going to you and saying oh hey i'm sorry you had a really shitty life but it's time to get over it right like excuse Which you? people do people yeah, like, do it, that isn't your right to tell me that you know what right. i mean like go fuck yourself dude i just think it reflects all that shit and many try to forget or you know do it so that's what i was thinking uh, i could be wrong these are just the hypothetical thoughts guys we didn't write the movie okay okay <laughs> um earlier in the movie though we do see a girl looking at anthony's work uh the mirror one that had on the wall before those people get killed in front of it and she later tells her friends about Candyman in the bathroom between classes while she's like doing the lipstick thing on the mirror and mm -hmm. she kisses it. And she's like, hey, guys, want to hear like a fucking crazy story? You want to try something fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> and they, she tells them and they're standing in front of the beer and one girl's like, nah, fuck this. I'm out of here. And she's like, don't be a pussy. And she, the other girl's like, why? Because it's nice and warm. Because I like to live. <laughs> no, she said, she said, uh, why? Because pussy's nice and warm and a great place to be. <laughs> I was like, damn. Um, I was like, I ain't right. She's not, she's not wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just kidding. Uh, but they're all standing there and they do the Candyman. That girl does it first. She says Candyman. She's like, Candyman. And then they do it. Four more times, I'm like, well, she's dead already. I don't know about everybody else. And I love how the other girl comes in out of nowhere just to use a bathroom. Well, one of the other girls runs out as that girl's coming in. Mm -hmm. Remember? Right. Triana or something like that. I think that's what her name was. But she goes in the bathroom. She's got her headset on, and one of the girls is looking at her powder mirror, and she hears buzzing and, like, sees him behind her. And she's like, um, guys? Guys? <laughs> And then that one girl, the shaved head girl that was talking about pussy, she's like, oh, I forgot my vape. 
I love this part. I, I was like excited at this part, first of all, because I was like, yes, tear the shit out of them. <laughs> fucking fucking rip their heads off and throw it on the... And they didn't really show much. But they did have a scene where the girl who goes back for her vape, you hear all this like gurgling and shit and ripping and tearing. And then you see blood pour down on the floor. And what drops is her fucking vape, dude. <laughs> that little finger vape that we used to have, right. too. And uh, the girls are all freaking and panicking and the girls in the restroom like hiding and a blood is like coming and you see the mirror drop and you see the bee go from one part of the mirror into the other and then climb through like a loop. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. I thought that was actually pretty effective. Yeah, it was cool. I thought that was like a really effective way to do it without showing it. Mm-hmm. But man, do you think it was wrong that they didn't show it? Because I feel like... <laughs> May, you know what? Maybe they'll be like a director's cut or something. I don't think they would do it. I think it's because it's no, kids. and it's kids. It's, yeah. You're right. Those are, yeah, teenagers. Yeah, but you I mean, can't do that anymore. They tore that Rottweiler apart in the first one, and I'll think that that was a but baby. They didn't, they didn't show it. Yeah, but we thought all thought it was the baby. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Until we saw until a fucking- Until we saw can- the head. Well, no, until we saw the fucking Candyman talking to the baby and sticking his little finger in her mouth, remember? <laughs> right. Gross. Just thinking about that. Anthony sucked on fucking- Tony Todd's finger is a baby. <laughs> it's, it's not even the same guy. <laughs> I love how they use the original actor, the mother. I'm glad they have that in there. Oh, then yeah. It, yeah, because then it all really came together. I'm glad they didn't make her like into this part. Like, I think it would have been too much. It was just nice. Yeah, it was just a nice little, he went to his mom's. Oh, that's the mom from the first movie. I oh, think okay. it's, Bye. It's, I think a lot of movies get into trouble when they try to keep adding too many characters from other yeah. movies and they, yeah. they make them such prominent parts. Right. That if they get in the way and then they don't know what to do with them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, hers, she was just there to explain why he didn't know about everything going on and her explaining it to him. I mean, that's. All she needed. I love how he's like, yeah, why didn't you tell me about Candyman? She's like, oh, we don't talk about that here. Don't say that. And it's like, ooh, damn. Like, she's like really intense, too. Yeah. There was that other part where they show Anthony's arm that's all fucked up and his nail coming off that I could not watch. yeah, you're like screaming. And I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I was like Jordan Peele's next movie. Nope. (laughs) Nope. That's when Brianna goes to the laundromat and tries to find Burke. She finds the pen that leads her to the laundromat and she goes there and Burke has come to the conclusion that eventually Candyman would return and he even knew that the baby was from the first movie mm-hmm. and would find his way back home even though Cabrini Green was torn down and gentrified. He says he's necessary of course, to remind people of this pain, which we talked about. And he's explaining this to Brianna. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's like, this is where I was baptized. And he's like, yeah, sorry, I'm on some other shit now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he explains, like, what he's doing. And he turns Anthony around. And he's got, like, the milky eye with the hive, like, body mm-hmm. thing, which is really cool looking. It, really it looked cool. really natural. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, you know, explaining how it's necessary to have this story. And he's like, some elements, you know, we got to keep true to the story. And he grabs this fucking hatchet. <laughs> and fucking starts hacking off his fucking arm while Anthony's like, hey, I'll have a second plate, please. Thank you. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? And you see right. a teardrop come down his eye, mm-hmm. but he cuts it off, jams a hook in his stump, wraps a belt around it, mm-hmm. and then he's like, breaks out some candies. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you ready for the sacrament? 
<laughs> and Brianna like gets out of there. What happened at that moment? Because he's bleeding from the mouth and he's got blood on his shirt. Did he bite into the candy with a razor as a sacrament? Is that like the? I don't know. Because you know how I we don't do know the. Why he did that? The, you know the blood of Christ and uh, the because that's the communion. The sacrament. That's oh, what they're saying. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I don't remember. Remember the movie The Sacrament? There you go. Well, I remember the movie, but okay. Uh, so it's to donate your soul to the cause, essentially. I think. Oh, okay. So he, okay, he died. So he was going to swallow the razor. Yeah. He put a razor in a candy cane or candy lollipop. Uh huh. And I think he bit down on it, but they didn't show it, so it was really confusing. <laughs> and then Brianna, she like goes free and escapes to another room out of the basement, and Burke chases her, and he's like bleeding from the mouth, and he finds another apartment, and then she goes to hit him in the head with a pipe, but it's too heavy. <laughs> And she drops it, and he laughs at her, so she stabs him with his own fucking laundromat pen in the eye fucking 30 times. Oh, that's right. That's the brutality I'm talking about with these Candyman movies is that Mm -hmm. it didn't show it. Right. But it's brutal as fuck. Mm -hmm. And then fucking Anthony comes wandering in. He's like, I think he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) I think he is too, girl. You need to calm down. like. But, um... It's like the fact that she killed him with his own laundromat pen, like in the eye. It's like, oh, my God. But Anthony approaches her with his like hook hand and his milky eye and shit. And he's like comes to her and she doesn't know whether to stab him or fight him or whatever. And then he just falls in her arms Mm -hmm. because it's really it's just Anthony. He hasn't been like completely taken by him, I guess. He hasn't taken the sacrament. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so. She's like holding him and everything like that. And the cops come and we find out Burke had already tipped him off to come to kill him. Mm-hmm. They come in and they shoot him right in her lap, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And she's like, what the fuck? She checks her own body to see if she got shot. Mm-hmm. So they arrest her. Right. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Do you see how they put her in the car too? Yeah. Like, like all angry and shit. Yeah. Uh, that was intentional. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, like, one of the scummy cops is, like, sitting in the front seat, and he's all, he's like, so this is how it all went down. Like, telling her what to say. Yeah. He's like, well, there's two options, really. Which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose the one where we came in, he had a weapon, and we shot him, and uh, you are innocent? Or do we tell him the one where you caused all these problems? I- and we captured you before, after you kill everyone. I will say whatever you want me to say. Let me see myself in the mirror. Right. <laughs> so then Which you know what happens. Is reminiscent of Helen's thing in the with the doctor's office. Yeah, in the doctor's yeah. office. But this is where I was like, yes, because yeah. I was like, yeah. What if he doesn't kill her? Yeah. But she doesn't care at this point. She thinks he's going to kill her. Yeah. So she says his name five times in the mirror, and the guy's like, what are you saying? What? What is this? Candy man. And then all the cops outside like are like- screaming and running. Yeah. And it's like Anthony came waking up from the dead and just starts fucking slashing the shit out of him. And he's hovering. That's what I- That was even, cool. That was so cool. Kind of like- just floating. Kind of like you did in the in the hospital in the first one. Yeah, where yeah. Where he's like, Wee! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that his feet kind of didn't touch the yeah. ground. I thought that was really cool. I, that's creepy. That shit's creepy. That is kind of creepy. That shit is creepy. But then, then, like, did you notice? Like, there was this thing that he said. Um, the cops like freaking out, right? And he speaks in that low voice too. Only it's Anthony's voice or the mm-hmm. actor's voice or whatever. And the cops like, "Who are you?" And Candyman's like, "I'm writing on the walls. 
I'm the sweet smell of blood on the street, the buzz that echoes in the alleyways. They will say I said innocent blood, and you are far from innocent. But they will say you were, and that is all that matters. And it's like, ooh, uh, ooh, like some dark shit right there, Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> Can you bring some sunshine? I'm just <laughs> but as he's saying this, he's walking around the car, and did you notice? That his face, his reflection in the car was changing to all the different iterations of Candyman that have made the sacrifice, Mm -hmm. the sacrament or the the martyrdom or whatever Mm -hmm. in the reflection. And the cop gets out in panic and runs around the corner and Brianna's door, she's in cuffs in the back. Her door just opens up. She goes wandering out back to see where he is. And the cop's being killed by Candyman with like a swarm of bees around his head. And it reveals who? Tony Todd. The original. Yeah. Which he looks at her and he's like, tell everyone. (laughs) And then the cops pull up simultaneously behind her. You see the lights flashing behind her and it cuts and it's like Candyman. (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) Because they were tearing the fuck out of those cops and shit. It was like, I was just like, oh, dude, just watching Candyman go crazy is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, that's what I that liked. That was cool, yeah. yeah th- those are some cool little runs that he had in this. And I don't know. I, I, did you like the ending? Did you think that? I thought it was a really good ending. Yeah, I like it. It was intense. Before like, I... They didn't need to go anywhere after that. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I think that was a good end. Yeah. The only thing, when I first watched it at first, because I rewatched the end and everything. Did you? Yeah, because I wanted to record, I wanted to write down what he said, because I wanted to hear exactly how he was going to pin this on the cops. And I was like, oh, they're going to call him innocent anyway. So he'll just, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine. So go ahead, say my name, bitch. <laughs> I'll come back for you too, innocent man. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. essentially what they're saying. Is mm-hmm. like, he's the sword of the, you know, community in some way. You know what I mean? Right. As a reminder of the pain that lives within the community or the culture, et cetera, mm-hmm. in America. Which, uh, what was I going to say? Watching it a second time, the Burke character, I totally got it. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of get what his position is after what oh, we, okay. we discussed. Okay. Does it make sense or am yeah, I going too far it, out no, there? It, it makes sense. I'm just trying to, like, take it from a different perspective to kind of understand that sort of thing mm-hmm. because of everything that I've learned over the past couple right. of years, you know what I mean? Right. That I didn't know, you know, right. stuff that I didn't realize, that I didn't have any clue about, so. But, you know, everybody that, that hates me now has already signed out and canceled <laughs> their subscription to our podcast because we're too fucking... Good, S- I don't want you here anymore. SJW, because God forbid you talk about one thing once in a while. My God, can't have it. Not enough room nope. here to talk about things. Nope. But then, uh, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, guys, I know this is a kind of a long episode, and you know I like to get into these things a little heady sometimes. So Christina's tired. She's done, she's done talking tired. about it. I'm sorry. She doesn't like dancing around the eggshells that this fucking kind of subject matter probably brings on anyway, but I don't care. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting everything that I was saying is from my own perspective. I'm just trying to put it out there because it's something to think about. Like, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. I mean, I have no idea, but those are just my thoughts on it. I'd like to hear yours if you agree with me on certain subjects. Uh, maybe I'm 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 talking about it too much. Or no, wait. Maybe uh, you have a better perspective than I do, and I would love to hear it. I'm all for it. I think it's interesting that this movie has 
some subject matter that is more in depth than just going around killing people like regular slashers. And I think that's why Candyman is very different from the slasher genre, because let's face it, slashers are not the most heady thing. And when people want them to be, it kind of surprises me a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Candyman is one of those ones that has a mix of everything. So I, I kind of liked it. I'm really happy I got to see the new movie. I'm definitely happy with this uh, week. So, but next week we got some new movies to talk about. I have no idea what they are, but yeah, we'll let you know in the uh, social media what we're watching next week. I'm sure it'll be something probably new, but I don't know. Maybe we need a break from that for a little bit and do something else, but uh, we'll let you guys know in the social media. So stay tuned to that. Christina, you have anything else you want to say? Thank you. Yes. Thank you for coming by guys. And as always, Spotless boy. to be on the Void Horror Podcast. Tune in.